Accrediting Excellence, the international authority for professional coaching and mentoring, proudly presents both sides of the coin. Many of our clients, and perhaps if we're honest, also ourselves, desire to improve our self-esteem and confidence so we can live happier lives. But where do we begin? Today we'll be getting some top tips. Welcome to Both Sides of the Coin, a podcast produced by the IAPC and M. We're a leading accreditation body and our aim is to increase public confidence and to raise industry standards by enforcing a rigorous accreditation process that ensures the quality of professional coaches and mentors. The podcast is aptly named Both Sides of the Coin because we talk to both a coach or mentor and one of their clients to explore both sides of the coaching mentoring intervention, what works and what doesn't. As a proverb says, iron sharpens iron. Before we get started, let me introduce myself. I'm Jenny Butter, your host and an accredited master coach. I've been coaching for nine years, many in the area of career transition and life coaching. Joining me today are David Rahman and his client, Tracy Hill. For the past 17 years, David's helped countless people overcome their self-esteem and confidence issues, enabling them to live happier lives. He's an international keynote speaker and an accredited master coach, and he's just written a book called Let It Go, How to Stop Your Past, Ruining Your Future. His client, Tracy, is a highly successful sales representative within the double glazing industry. She realized that her anxiety and low moods were affecting both her work and personal relationships. So she decided to work with David to overcome her mental and emotional challenges. Welcome, both of you. Good morning. Morning. I'm going to start off interviewing David and then I'm going to flip over the coin and speak to Tracy. David, tell me about yourself. Well, I'm a coach, I'm a speaker. Uh, as you mentioned, author. Um, I love helping people. Uh, and it's something that was, I, th- I suppose, born from my own problems from childhood uh, and um, as a young adult. So it's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a type of person who uh, I wake up every day and I'm looking for how can I make a difference. That's, that's me in a nutshell, really. So how has your own experience brought you to become an expert in this area? As a teenager, I had lots of days where I just questioned myself. I had no self-esteem journey and no um, self-worth. But I, I didn't call it that, obviously. Uh, now we can, we, we can call it something when, it, when we're looking at the situation. But then I just felt, I always felt not good enough. And that continued into my 20s. And I always questioned myself and compared myself to others. So by the time I, I reached 30, almost 30, I started to look into personal development, really. And I wanted to change myself first, Jenny, before I, I decided what was the next move in my own life. And I'm sure that many of us, if we're honest, would like to increase self-esteem and confidence. So as coaches, how do we help our clients to start? Okay, so as coaches, I mean, really to help our, our clients is to give them a, more of an understanding of self-awareness for them to be more aware of what could they be doing that's perhaps sabotaging their um, self-esteem, self-worth, confidence. So I, I think the initial conversations really are helping that client understand that, number one, they could be contributing to how they're feeling, uh, and number two, you can change it. We have the power within us to change it. Uh, and number three, when we do change it, our whole life can change. 
And so in your book, one of the things you talk about is understanding what's holding us back. As coaches, how do we help our clients go through that process so they have that self-awareness? Well, we can, when we're working with a client, we can ask specific questions uh, and ask them to go withinwards. So if we ask specific questions, um, we can then help them uncover perhaps what they're believing to be true, which may not be true for them. For them. And for the coaches then, uh, the coaches, the people we work with, they then, if they can get these aha moments or the, the moments where the penny drops, it's, it can be a game changer for them. And it can be something that is, for, for, for me as a coach, it's the, the best feeling in the world seeing someone have an aha moment and discovering that they are far more, they're worth far more than they thought they were. What type of questions then can you suggest which would be good for us to ask? Yeah, I mean, one of the key, one of the first questions I, I, I'll ask in a session, um, in, in one of the initial sessions is on a scale of one to 10, 10 being high, one being low, how much do you love yourself? And what number comes to mind? And often you get a client, uh, the clients can be, they, they look at they look at me and they're, they're, I can see the smile on their face. And for the first time to anyone in their life, they're telling someone actually how, how they feel about themselves. Uh, and so that's, that's quite a powerful question. It's one of my favorite questions. And it gives a great awareness and understanding of that client, okay, I've got work to do on myself because it's, as coaches, we are helping them discover not only more about themselves but also to help them um, serve themselves by loving themselves first so that's that's a powerful question and and another question or an exercise I love to um, help clients with is to uncover really what's possibly been stopping them all this time so I ask them to think about what do I really want in life Uh, and they they often say I don't know I know what I don't want. I'm not sure what I want. I said, well, think about what you really would want in life and spend some time now ask, answering that question specifically. So they might say, I want to start my business. I want to write a book. I want to, and they have all these, this list of things they, they would love to do. And then the part B of that question would be, what stopped you so far from actually achieving it? And then they might come up with things like, I, I don't have the money. I don't have the time. I, I, I've, um, I've, got, I've got a family. I've got kids. Uh, I don't have an education. They have all, we have this belief system that perhaps prevents us or sabotages us from achieving, uh, in this instance, our goals and wants. So those questions always uncover beliefs from, from a, from a coachee. Thank you. That's really insightful. And in a subsequent chapter, you talk about recognizing and addressing fears. Tell us more about that. Okay. We all, as human beings, we we have the system in place. Uh, it's an emotional center of our brain called the amygdala, and it it's there to protect us. But it also is uh, a re- it contains recordings of experiences we've had in life. So if we, for example, been shamed as a child or we've experienced uh, a fear uh, an event which has caused a fear this is recorded within the brain and it's then we have a bodily sensation so 
as human beings, we experience fear many times. Uh, and a lot of this fear is irrational fear and a lot of this fear is emotional fear. Uh, and it can come up any time. So uh, an example would be, uh, let me have a think. So there could be someone who comes to see me and they have a problem with public speaking. Uh, and I'll say to them, you've got a problem with public speaking? They say, yes. Well, how do you feel? I feel nervous. What else do you feel? And they're not quite sure how to answer that. And they'll, they'll, they may say, well, actually, I'm scared. Scared of what? Scared of being laughed at? Scared of fluffing my lines up? Scared of um, not knowing enough? Scared of looking stupid? So they come out, they actually start to open up in terms of, it's not actually standing up on stage, but it's what it represents. Fears being stacked up in one place. So that's an example of, uh, of where you could uncover fears. It could, you might have someone else who um, arrives and says, well, I keep having relationships which don't last the course of time. And, and then I could say, well, what, what seems to happen? Well, they seem to end after 12 months. What happens? And it turns out that they are self-sabotage in their relationship. And the question to them is, what, what's making you self-sabotage in the relationship? And then in, in, this, in this instance, it could be, I fear being hurt. So that's a fear. Uh, and they've discovered that they fear being hurt. Uh, and then the cause of that was an old relationship or something that happened in the past, which has created a belief in them that if I go over a certain period of time, in this case, 12 months, I'm going to be hurt by the other person. I'm making myself vulnerable to the other person to being hurt. So I'm not going to allow myself to do that. So I'm going to press the eject button and get out of this to avoid that feeling of fear. So those are just examples of fear where you can uncover it and how to go to work on it, really. And so once it's been uncovered, how do you then take a client through the process from awareness to overcoming? Yeah, sure. So there are, when I, when I talk with a client, they, they will then describe a conversation. So we have a conversation. Um, everyone has a conversation with themselves and that starts first thing in the morning to when they go to, when they go to sleep. So the conversation could be, uh, I'm in this relationship. Um, I, we're, in, we're in the 10 month mark. She's going to hurt me now. What I, what I do with the client is I ask them to j actually journal their thoughts because they can actually um, convey their thoughts verbally to me. But I would say to them, okay, so what sort of conversation are you playing with yourself? And they'll start to tell me and I'll say, what would it look like if it's on paper? How would, how would it look like even if you text yourself some of these thoughts? Immediately, when you do that, put it on paper or even text yourself, it slows that part of the emotional part of the brain down, um, which causes us to freeze or self-sabotage. So immediately after they've, I call it self-work, so they'll have written their account of how they're actually thinking um, unedited, they are often shocked at some of the thoughts that they are, it's what's brought it to awareness. And it's brought it to awareness, so many cases that because they are shocked at the way they think and the way they're talking to themselves, 
they then decide to change the way they think. And what they tend to do then is uh, it, within, the, within the Let It Go book, there are a number of what's called power statements, which are overriding, you can call them affirmations, but uh, I prefer them to call it power statements because it, what it does is releases you from that old negative thinking. So they start to apply these to their life. So a couple of the statements, for example, are let it go. Um, does it matter? The past does not define me. And these are powerful unconscious statements which, ap which appeal to the unconscious mind because all our fears, our behaviors are driven from the unconscious mind, which is that if you think of an iceberg, the tip of the iceberg is the behavior. So that could be um, self-sabotage, that could be uh, anger, that could be resent resentment. And the, the actual information which needs to be changed is under the surface. So uh, we go to work on changing their belief system and also changing their conversation under the surface, which addresses the fears. Initially, they, they can often be skeptical. How, do you, how can I change the way I've been thinking for the last 20 odd years? But everything we've learned in our life journey has been by process of repetition, whether you, it's A, B, C, D, whether you've learned uh, information for your job, learn how to drive a car. It's all been piecemeal, piecemeal by repetition to, to create a way of thinking. So now when you drive a car, you actually don't drive it anymore because your subconscious is doing it. You're, you're, the way you initially drove it was consciously, which is mirror signal maneuver. Your instructor was watching you do uh, the driving process, but 10 years down the line, who's driving the car? It's the subconscious mind because you're no longer actually consciously thinking about it. So it's changing, helping them change at the subconscious level, Jenny. That's really interesting, but I imagine it can be a hard and long process. And so how do you motivate your clients when they just feel it's a step too far or it's not working? Um, to, be, to be honest with you, I don't, really, uh, I don't really have a problem with that in terms of them seeing it's a step too far. When, when I work with clients, it's usually um, a case of they... They trust me. So I, I think with a good coach, when you are with and you have this energetic connection with your client uh, and they trust you and they and you, and you actually intimate that, okay, I know what's going on here. I know I can help you. This is the toolkit which you can use. We're going to go through this. When they know you've got a recipe, what I'm trying to say is when, I, when they understand there's a recipe involved and it's going to take, for example, often I would say to, to a client, it's going to take three months to make a particular shift. More, more than likely, they're invested in the process of change. Uh, and I don't really, to be honest with you, I, I don't really have a problem with motivation when it comes to clients. That's great. Thank you so much. I'll ask Tracy about her motivation now as I flip over the coin and speak to her. Tracy, welcome to both sides of the coin. Please tell us about yourself. So um, I am a mum, first of all, and um, I am a sales lady for a double glazing company based in West Sussex. Um, I've been in the double glazing industry for about 25 years now. Um, and 
met up with David when I'm, I was going through a bit of a difficult patch when we relocated to Swansea. And so just going back to what David and I were just talking really interestingly about motivation and, you know, keeping on track of a three month process. How did you find that? I think the keeping a journal was a massive help, um, as David rightly stated, by actually putting pen to paper and seeing your thoughts and the associated emotions that that generated written down gave a new perspective to it. So that was really helpful. Um, and I'm full of energy. I'm a quite a high energy person, um, which is good in some respects, not always in others. Um, but David has got a lot of energy. Um, and so I was naturally drawn to that. That's quite motivational. Lovely. Please, can you um, give us an example of how the work that you did with David transformed your life? It gave me the, as David described it, the toolkit to deal with different scenarios that arose where it, where, I mean, my issue was anxiety um, that was overwhelming the way I was working um, and my relationships at home with both my children and my husband. Um, and so being able to have the tools to kind of not necessarily stop any potential negative thoughts, they would still arise, but be able to deal with them in a constructive way that dissipated the fear that was normally associated with that, those thoughts. Um, so he gave me a strategy in effect. Um, and in a way, it makes you see the light. And again, that going back to writing it down again, when it's written down, you can see that that thoughts that you thought were all a bit silly, when you read them on paper, they make them more manageable. And how did the change in you impact on your work and those around you? The change when I changed from so the anxiety was kind of like quite paralyzing at times so um because I'm in sales and that's very much performance led um being able to go back to my normal sparkly self um translated in terms of work to be to be much more productive and much more successful um and from I am the mum so I feel like I'm a bit of the anchor of the family unit organizing the husband and the children and that, again, um, translated into being able to have a happier household. What final thing would you like to say to coaches who are working with clients such as yourself to help them get the best out of you? I think the thing that drew me to David in the first place was having a very clear understanding of how I was feeling. Um, and um, I've had coaching in the past and didn't feel that I gained a lot. And I'm not blaming the people I went to, but um, David ticked my box, if you like, because of he because he'd experienced what I was experiencing. Um, so because his, his level of understanding was so great and the way that he his format was so easy to understand that I had a massive aha moment, as he put it. And so that enabled me to move forward in a more positive way. So I think that having experienced different situations would always enable a coach to coach even better themselves because they've actually gone through that experience. But sometimes it's very easy to just work um, 
through textbooks or in theory, but when you've experienced practical application, then it makes a huge difference to how you then mentor or coach your, your student. What great insight and what great tools you both shared with us today. Thank you so much, David, and thank you so much, Tracy. If you would like to find out more about working with David, then he can be contacted at david-raman, that's R-A-H-M-A-N, dot com. And his book, which I'm reading and I think is great, is Let It Go, How to Stop Your Past Ruining Your Future. And it can be purchased at Amazon as well as within other bookstores. We're confident that anyone who attains an international authority for professional coaching and mentoring accreditation will be among the very best that the profession has to offer. So if you're someone who's interested in having some coaching or mentoring and want to find an accredited coach, mentor or training provider, or if you're a professional who's interested in becoming accredited, then please go to our website, coach-accreditation.services. And finally, if there's a topic that you would like me to cover on future episodes of Both Sides of the Coin, then I would love to hear from you. My email, jenny.podcast at coach-accreditation.services. Bye for now.